0: Welcome to pop culture hill. I'm Claire. I'm Siobhan and it has been an exciting week of pop culture. So thanks for joining us. It really has.
1: It's been so nice talking to you so much Siobhan. I love it.
0: Me too. We've been texting (laughs) a lot just about all the juicy juicy things happening. And here's the thing. (laughs) Go ahead. I was going to say, there's something just about the mess that was the Oscars. It's also just like t- kicked off a flurry of creative energy on the internet and I yeah. I am living for it. I People were like, let's exist on the internet today, <laughs> today, yeah. every day, this week, they woke up and said.
1: I feel like there are a couple like seminal Twitter moments that it feels like we have like Twitter history now. And I'm not the first person to talk about this, but I think about some big moments. I remember when there was a woman who a white woman who tweeted something racist and then got on a flight, like a long distance international flight. Yes. And Twitter was tracking her flight to see when she'd be able to turn on her phone and see the notifications. Like she'd gotten fired. Oh my God. Yes. And I like vividly remember that thread. And I feel like post Oscars, I think Twitter is so bad. Like it's so toxic for me, and I don't really tweet that much. But I'm a big reader. Um, my mom is better at Twitter than I am. So mom is also
0: like good at Twitter in a certain. So I feel like that's not like.
1: Yeah. It's just she to has clarify, it, that's not skill. as
0: self-deprecating as it might no, no. seem like it is. It's just yeah, a very true statement it's about very your true. mom.
1: She like will occasionally get retweeted by like big, like liberal <laughs> Twitter people. <laughs> and she will call me about, I'm obsessed with it. I just like, I don't have the nerve truly to be that ballsy on the internet, on, you know, Al Gore's internet. I just don't, do you feel like you have- you have it's, that like ability,
0: Siobhan? Uh, yeah. Can't you tell from my Twitter <laughs> and my, my, that you're wildly, never on my wildly popular Instagram. Um, I, <laughs> and all your beautiful plants, you post all like, your walks once a year, I go through a phase where I'm going to post once a day for two weeks and then I, you'll never catch me on Instagram again. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> I hate being perceived. I don't know <laughs> it's a miracle that I have this pocket, but I think there's something about it being like a, a completely Oral audio experience. Yeah. Um, that makes it easier. I don't like to be perceived on the internet. I don't I know. Think,
1: I think I used to, and now I've reached a point where I really actively don't want to be perceived on the internet. I do think it's like, I,
0: I one time, um, I knew this guy who had quit drinking because and I, when I asked him about it one time, he was like, yeah, I just like drank. I like went too hard in high school. So now we were like 20. He was like, I'm just done now. He's like, I drank enough. And that's how I feel about being perceived on the internet. I did enough of it. <laughs> 14 to 22. And now I'm done. And you're good. I don't, I don't need to you be Did perceived.
1: it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think. I also have been, you know, spent a lot of time and a lot of time in therapy thinking about like vulnerability and a thing that has stuck with me as I've gotten older, she says 30 years old is, um, disclosure is not vulnerability. Like you, there's a different type of vulnerability than just disclosing a thing. And I think, I have worked really hard to figure out what that means and what that means to trust and talk all this stuff. And I still feel like I'm a pretty open person, Mm -hmm. Um, but the idea of putting that in like a 2D situation on the internet, I can't do it anymore. And I think I used to be able to, and I think I have lost that ability. I was like looking through my Tumblr this morning Cause I was like trying to think of pop culture ideas like Hill. Yeah. And I found my Tumblr where I was. Yeah. You're like, what opinions
0: in- have I had forever? <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, and a lot of broad city, which I think is still makes sense. Yeah. Uh, old Hollywood broad city um, book quotes like that oh. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, i insufferable behavior from 2012 through 2014. Maybe. I don't know. That is this way about
0: my, this day on face on this day on Facebook, <laughs> the things that I was posting just unnecessary uh, I was and, and revealing in the wrong, wrong awful. ways. Yeah. Like
1: I, I actively posted a different song lyric at least once a day, if not multiple times a day with no context as my Facebook status insufferable.
0: I also, the, the undiagnosed ADHD that you could just like chart. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There are so,
0: there are so many that are like, um, left all my work to the last minute, like just like classic. But also then like truly thriving on the pressure, just classic, I have a brain that only works under pressures, just, just running rampant in my Facebook memories all the time.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. That's Uh, like my Tumblr with my undiagnosed generalized anxiety disorder. I like go back and read these like three sentence text posts that are like, can't sleep. Mind is racing. Have to think about all of these things. Do you ever feel this way? I was like, wow, Reinhardt. How did anybody miss the signs? (laughs) Get in therapy, my gal. Thank man. All of that. I was looking for culture. And again, it was mostly broad city stuff, but yes, seminal internet, uh, culture.
0: I can't believe we have internet culture right now. Doesn't that make you feel old? I, I don't feel, I don't know how to feel about my age. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm always the youngest I've, I'll ever be again. And the mm-hmm. oldest I've ever been mm-hmm. in any moment. Wow! I honestly, I I can only chart my own age relative to other people's ages. Um, yeah. Like the kid I used to nanny who's now 16, Mm, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I'm like, that should be illegal. Uh, Oh my God. The Instagrams of the kids you used to babysit. (laughs) My little cousin who has an Instagram and I'm like, you are better at makeup than I am. You know what I mean? hundred percent.
1: A hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. My like friends, little sisters who have like three kids. I'm like. Uh, incredible I mean incredible right like it's so wild to watch these people like you know I'm thinking of one of my oldest friends I've known her younger sister since I was eight and she was like six so to see her now I'm like I cannot believe the lives that every person lives I don't know
0: (laughs) I cannot I'm being like fake philosophical
1: (laughs) philosophical this morning. Somebody help me. I've had a cold all week. I've been sick all week. So I was thinking today, like I wasn't sure what to talk about because I don't know how I feel about culture. And I was like, I think maybe I'm in like a depressive episode. And then I was like, or you were just sick, dude. <laughs> like you were sick but, and like, you have not been outside. Like take a walk, bitch. Take a walk. Which like
0: could be an acute depressive episode. You know what I mean? Like it could Listen, that's allowed. that's allowed. Not
1: mutually exclusive.
0: We love to be depressive.
1: (laughs) Oh, good morning. Good morning.
0: Um, I do I did big news for me. I go back to therapy next week. So speaking of great big moves for the mental health. We love that.
1: Good Um, for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, mostly purely just because it was not covered by my insurance before and now it is. So my God. It is affordable and accessible. Incredible. And I love that. I love that for myself. I love that. Yeah, for every other person on um, employer sponsored healthcare. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no. <laughs> so. uh, but before this, I was truly getting all my therapy from me. I, tr- I truly follow an account called ADHD Meme Therapy. <laughs> As if that's real. Oh no, I mean, goodness. clearly it is because it's helping. <laughs> it does help. It's, I mean, it is nice just to know that I, I'm not making it up. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) And that everybody else with the same neurological condition can relate or not everybody else, but there's a large swath of people. There's some overlap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some real decent overlap. Cool. Wow. So did you, did you stumble upon some Hills in your search? in your deep dives for culture.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm kind of, uh, one that I'm just going to talk about. I think my hill is a little nebulous is the one thing c- culture I like really did consume besides the most recent episode of Abbott elementary, which terrific,
0: terrific episode. Um, I haven't watched it cause I forgot that it was back. It oh, was it's back. There's two,
1: there was back. Oh, there's one from last week and this week. So you're going to have a good day today. Oh, can't wait. Um, besides that was I watched the entirety of Bridgerton season
0: two. Oh yeah. 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 Have um, you which, watched? No, but I, I heard, I hear that, uh, reggae, reggae Jean is gone. Mm-hmm.
1: He is, he is, he wanted more money deservedly and they didn't want to give it to him. So he just said, no, thank you. And I respect that completely. Did they don't they really re- even need him.
0: Did they recast or is the role no. just like, not, he's just like. Not it's here. not their,
1: it's not their story. Right. So the first season was like this couple, yeah. um, including the Duke. And, um, this was a different couple. It's so different it, couple. It, we didn't really miss him. Like Daphne this, was in it, but it was fine. this is the
0: shitty brother.
1: There are a couple shitty brothers. Yeah. But you who know who I read mean the book.
0: by the shitty mm-hmm. brother as a yes. person who's only seen the first season. If I say this He's is the, the one yes. that's about the shitty brother, the right? oldest like, brother
1: who punched him. Like that's the one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> So I just want to talk about it. So I, so you watched season one, not season yes. two. Okay. So here's a couple of And it things. is
0: very relevant to a bunch of my other interests. And yes. I did have many feelings and thoughts about it. I'm sure you'll watch
1: it. It's definitely worth watching. I will leave you with that. I think that once again, a Jonathan Bailey who plays Anthony is so good in this. He is a gay man who is playing a straight man who is written by a woman. And there is a subsect of, of people that applies to including the hot priest from fleabag and now him. And I think it's just something that we should all marinate on. Incredible. It's the female gaze. I
0: mean, it's the female gaze.
1: <laughs> there it is. A little portmanteau you for you this morning. Incredible, incredible entry into pop culture. Siobhan, that you just Thank made. you. Thank you. Um, things I will say. This be what I'm remembering for. (laughs) Legacy. My contribution to the world. Okay. What will you say, Claire? Say it. Here are a couple rapid fire thoughts about it. I also read the book. Things that I liked about the difference. I'm not a huge snob about it. I like to be able to say the book is the book, the like movie or TV. You have
0: to. They're just, it's a totally different medium. As a person who's been very angry about adaptations for much of my life. Yes, you get it. Yeah. So
1: I, there, that said, if it were me doing it, there's a couple of things I would have switched around, like stuff I would have kept that they left out stuff they left out that I would have kept. But I will say great thing is the, the use of breath in this show is absolutely top tier best breath perverted, like so perverted, so deeply horny. And uh, just the use of breath. And if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to say that incredible work. Their chemistry was lovely. Just a parade of hot people, which as we all know, I love, love hot people. Um, things that I didn't like the relationship between the sisters and the books is way sweeter and way less antagonistic than it ends up being on the show because they took it really far on the show. Um, and I think in general, I, I would, that would be the biggest thing I would change, but incredible binge for the show. That is what I will say. Hot fucking people, hot people, hot people, hot people, fucking hot people. Less fucking than season one, like less active, much more breath looks like essentially like Pride and Prejudice 2005 on steroids, like truly. All okay. touches, smells, whiffs in the air. This is all the show is. I love that. I mean, yeah. and I love Kate. I love that character. She's a, a very fun
0: character. It is something that I'm curious to watch. I, I, I had fun with the first season. I think I had less fun than most people. Yeah, it's one of those. It's a series for me that makes me go. But if we really just used actual, the actual rules, like the actual history (laughs) is almost more salacious and fun. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Which is that just people were, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so much where I'm not going to spend all day on this, on this, but I find very funny. Um, as a layer, and some yes. of it they get really cl- they're they're like really great about, and that's very fun. And the thing that I really appreciated about it is that it was so much secretly not at all about romance. It was about like money and power mm-hmm. and and security um, and autonomy. And the yeah. reason I say I love that is because that is specifically part of the literature of this like from this time yeah. period. Is it's a lot of romance that is really also about like societal norms and yeah. legal realities for marginalized I think people largely. So
1: you will, I think you're going to like the second season better than the first season then. Like that is really, it, it's a big part of um, season two in a way that is really lovely. A lot of it's really lovely. And also again, so many hot people breathing so hard. Mm. There you go. That's my mini hill is that you just you should watch Bridgerton season two. It's just be part of the cultural zeitgeist. <sighs> the zeitgeist just get, is good. It, get on
0: it. And uh there you
1: go, mini hill, baby. What's yours?
0: I love that. My mini hill is that um malicious compliance is the theme of Aries season. <laughs> uh, um uh, and I say that because we know that um the amazon union has been voted into existence officially um and here's what i'm identifying as malicious compliance uh chris smalls who is the president and of course um is is like mostly best known for having been fired by amazon um and they tried to take action against him for union organizing all this crazy stuff but so (laughs) chris tweets um Amazon wanted to make me the face of the whole unionizing efforts against them. Well, there you go. Jeff Bezos, David (laughs) Zabowski, congratulations, Amazon labor. We worked hard, had fun and made history. ALU for the win. Welcome to the first union in America for Amazon. Uh, And then his other quote, of course, is that's going around is, I want to thank Jeff Bezos for going (laughs) to space because while you were in space, we were working on a union. And it's it's just- Yes. And then pairing with this, this is the other, this is the other example of malicious compliance that I don't think is real, but that I I love this energy. I'm all about this. So this is in response to the um, Florida don't say gay bill. Mm -hmm. I saw this being posted on Facebook in a um, leftist group that I'm in. What I can tell from the post is that it is definitely a screenshot of a Facebook post. I can't tell if it's a screenshot of an actual email Um, and all identifying email uh, information has been taken out. So I don't know if this was something that was actually sent by a teacher to a school administration, but Mm -hmm. the concept of it is giving me life and I'm, I'm hoping that I may be like yeah. manifesting this particular <laughs> version of malicious compliance into reality. So the, the, the email reads, dear Florida parent or caretaker, the Florida house of representatives has recently ruled that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. To be in accordance with this policy, I will no longer be referring to your student with gendered pronouns. All students will be referred to as they or them. I will no longer use a gendered title such as Mr. or Mrs. or make any reference to my husband wife in the classroom. From now on, I will be using the non gendered title of mix. Furthermore, I will be removing all books or instruction which refer to a person being a mother, father, husband, Mm. or wife, as these are gender identities that also may allude to sexual orientation.
1: Mm -hmm. Needless to say,
0: all books which refer to a character as he or she will also be removed from my classroom. If you have any concerns about this policy, please feel free to contact your local congressperson. (laughs) Wow.
1: And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Maliciously
0: comply with that bullshit. Um, uh, wow. it, just, just big Aries energy of being like, I will big do Aries it. energy. actually what you are asking me to do, but in a way that is not at all what you're asking me to do and wow. um, is actively very aggressive, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I love. I love that. I love that energy for the spring.
1: I do too. I, wow. Again, I don't Incredible. know if that's a real
0: thing that got sent, but
1: if the fact that that thought exists makes my
0: heart happy. Yes. And uh, this feels obvious to me, but isn't nothing ever is to everybody because mm-hmm. we don't all have the same old brain. Um, if this is a real thing, I, I sincerely hope it's something that's being done by um, cis, heterosexual teachers who, mm-hmm understand that like they are in a, a more comfortable and safer position because of the way that power works um yeah. in this particular instance to be sending emails like this and to be taking this kind of stand um and and to really not be saying this in like a light-hearted or jokey way about gender but this is this is real if you want to say that people are too young to talk about gender identity or to learn about sexuality that includes cis heteronormative yes, um, gender identities and sexuality so um it's very interesting to me that that honestly the the far right are so transparent about their actual meaning um that they yeah. they can't even like come up with a reason why heterosexuality or cisgendered people are exempt from the rule of not talking about gender identity and sexuality <laughs> uh yeah
1: it's it, it is truly it's just
0: that blatant you know what I mean. That it's that like, blatant
1: there's it's not even arguable it's a false it's just
0: completely false yeah so So there you go. So malicious compliance is the theme and we love to see it. We do love to see it. We really do. All right. Are you ready for a big hill?
1: I would love to know what
0: your big hill this week is. My evergreen hill this week. Actually, I'm glad that we talked about Bridgerton Mm -hmm. as your and in general about that. You touched on the idea of um, books being adapted because it Mm -hmm. helped me clarify what I want to talk about today, which is that Clueless, the movie, Mm -hmm. I believe is the best adaptation book to film of any book, hands down, the best adaptation in that it gets the full plot. You get all of the characters in their actual character arcs. It is a flip to a a new time period. And we make adjustments that um, completely track and are like a good societal update for uh for the original um and it is as much of a blast as the original would have been in the in the original time period those of (laughs) you who are like what the fuck is clueless an adaptation of (laughs) it is an adaptation of emma by jane austen Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and it 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 is my favorite version of emma i will say wow Um, okay Yes, although this new Emma from 2020, 2019 mm-hmm. is, a, is a very close second um, for very similar reasons that it just per- perfectly captures the the feeling of the book and uh, tells you something kind of new about like it's like a fun fun layer Um, switching it to the the film medium allows them to do something slightly more fun and interesting with the serpents and so allowing that to just like exist fully is is great um but yeah I I think Clueless is the best book to film adaptation of uh in existence wow
1: okay I love Clueless I love that movie that being me about it yeah I'm thinking about it so I think I'm not sure that I agree it's the best one. Maybe the most fun. What's the best one, Claire? I'm thinking. So a couple that come to mind, I think maybe my top one that is coming to my top of my head is The Princess Bride.
0: I have never been able to read that whole book, I'll be honest with you. So um, that's interesting. I can't stand the way that book is written. (laughs)
1: It's like a story within a. St- I think that the Princess Bride does a in- movie does a- an incredible job of translating that story within a story that it doesn't sound like you liked of the Princess Bride book into a version in a movie, and mm-hmm. then leading to one of the best movies of all time. hmm So I that mean,
0: is one that I would like. That's to interesting. Put. Uh, my understanding is that it is a, it is a more straightforward adaption, adaptation. adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say points off for simplicity. Ooh, and, simplicity. And wow. I was actually, I was talking about this with, was I talking about this? Yeah, I think we talked about this in the Oscar episode. This is something that I, or maybe I just mentioned it to Croix. This is something that I'm interested <laughs> about in the Oscar category best adapted screenplay, right? Is like, mm, is there something mm-hmm. yes, in did, the yeah. in the in the original text that would have been particularly tricky to change or um, that that was uh, skillfully done, like presented a particular challenge that is like harder relative to the other other. Mm-hmm. text and so for me clueless uh, at it, because it's not just book to film it's also a complete time period update
1: so um, what I will then works raise you is 1996
0: Baz Luhrmann's Romeo I plus hate Juliet. that Romeo plus Juliet and I hate Baz Luhrmann so let's get into it I hate Baz Luhrmann <laughs> tell me about it uh it makes me sweaty to talk about I honestly I can't stand him um that adaptation is fine um calling the guns pistols is the stupidest thing and is so lazy like come up with anything that would make more sense including uh the knife fights that we get in west side story it's like a better update (laughs) um to me I do really like the use of the of the news anchor in place of the chorus like that's a very interesting thing that Thaz does and I think he gets that right um he does not give us any reason why society like why these people are are in this societal
1: aesthetic honey it's like aesthetic it just, is but That's what reason. I mean is like
0: that's not a good update you know what I mean like there's no reason why in the year 1996. Claire Claire can't just be like fuck you dad I'm gonna date who I want to date um no societal reason um no legal reason why she can't just be like no um I don't want to marry Paris uh you can't make me I'm 14 you know what I mean (laughs) yeah fair but that is a fun that's a that is a, a very fun challenge
1: Also adding to the list, a more traditional, Mm -hmm. uh, 2019 Greta Gerwig, Little Women. Oh, that's interesting. More traditional. Yeah. Still uses some of the tropes that she used really brings those relationships and that environment to life in a really beautiful justice way. for
0: Amy. Finally, my justice
1: for Amy. Finally,
0: that's a whole other Hill. We get my,
1: we get Bob Odenkirk, my little women, like, sorry. Little women.
0: Where's not that good, then? Just not as good as clueless. What can I say,
1: <laughs> Not is as it, good
0: as clueless. Is it a shining example of, of, of a book to film adaptation? Yes. Is it as good as clueless? No. <laughs> will I comment further? Perhaps. Thoughts
1: on the (laughs) love story of Clueless, a la the 16-year-old high school student (laughs) and her Her 25-year-old
0: stepbrother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's no justification. That is just like, um, I will say- Little women is worse? No, but here's what I mean by like, (laughs) That is a pretty good adaptation of the dynamic in the original, which is that he is her brother-in-law who she's grown up with um, and who has always had a very, it's like a a perfect, there's no way to get rid of this. And this is what I appreciate (laughs) about the clueless adaptation is like Emma and Knightley have a, like a very paternalistic romance where he, yeah is responsible for helping her become a better person. And like, he is positioned, they have like an egalitarian relationship in certain ways, but he's uh-huh. also positioned as like, kind of like a moral authority because he's like older. Um, And that was, that like that, you can't get rid of that from that romantic Connection because yeah. the whole plot is him being like tisk tisk Emma you could be better than this and I I I know you can and then her rising to the occasion. um So, what I think is interesting about it is like I was not alive, I was not old enough at the time that Clueless actually came out to have a clear sense of like did it raise eyebrows in the moment? Because now there's it's like. Yeah. Like such a strange.
1: Huh. After thing. what just yeah, happened you with you do this. After what just happened with licorice pizza, you oh, think yeah, that this yeah, they, yeah. this would have worked in twenty twenty two?
0: No, it would not have. You know, huh. uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So when I so, thought of so one. That is, that's a great. That's a great challenge. I think that they they do the best they can with something that is just like a just a a truly inescapable just hard departed. fact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I have one more that I thought of that is pretty close to my heart. This is not a movie, but a mini series. I am thinking of I'll be gone in the dark, the book and HBO mini series.
0: Um, They just feel, it doesn't even feel like an adaptation. It feels like a a second piece of that book. Like it feels, it doesn't feel like an adaptation to me.
1: Interesting. So it really does to me And, and an expansion for sure.
0: Oh, I but, want to clarify actually that Josh is not 25. He's how old he's 37. Or, he's he's <laughs> 18 or 19. She's 16 and he's a freshman in college. Okay. Freshman college. I had, a. I thought he yeah, yeah. graduated from college. So no, uh, no, no. Yeah. He's a freshman in college. I mean, it, yeah, he was. And her stepbrother, <laughs> her ex-stepbrother. True, true. And it's very important that. <laughs> They were grown up. They were like, he was like, in a he was an older teen when their parents were married for a short period of time.
1: Here is my thought. How old was Paul Rudd when this movie was filmed? Irrelevant. That, <laughs> no, I. It is only because I'm curious. not it's
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm
1: curious too. Yeah. Argument.
0: <laughs> Paul Rudd age in Clueless. Clueless. It's like the number two thing searched for if you put in Paul Rudd. <laughs> um, he was 26 when it was... <laughs> when it was pre- when it premiered
1: okay so he's probably like so he 25. was probably like
0: 24 25 and then let's see Alicia she was young
1: she was 15 when production started 16 on set
0: I mean welcome to I've adults about playing this. teens I've talked adults about this before teens. adults playing teens uh adults playing teens
1: god she's so good in clueless
0: I know she's perfect She's an She's incredible perfect. Emma, like an
1: incredible Emma. Yeah,
0: she nails it. And the update of the dad from like a like a wart to um, like a high powered <laughs> fucking litigator. Warrior. So funny. Um, who whose blood pressure has to be monitored because there's so many great little moments in that. The update that um instead of Frank Churchill being secretly married to another woman, it said he's gay. Like that is so oh. it's so good. It's so good. You're a virgin who can't, can't thrive.
1: Brittany Murphy. Also oh, Brittany man. Murphy's best role. That that documentary
0: is tough to watch. And I do not I, can't, I haven't it. watched it yet.
1: Yeah, it, yeah it. I yeah, no, don't do it. But man, truly a- Amy Hackerling does an incredible job with this movie. The quotes in this movie are un matched. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a precursor to Juno in a certain way too. Yeah.
0: She's like a total Monet. What's that mean? (laughs) (laughs) She looks okay from far away, but you get up close and it's just a big old mess.
1: My surgeon says no balls flying toward my face. (laughs) There goes your social (laughs) value.
0: It's so good. Um, Deanna and I are best friends because we were both named after great singing icons, um, and we both know what it feels like to have everybody be jealous of you. <laughs> like so good. I am
1: totally but crazy in love with Josh. With Josh. <laughs> it's so. It's so
0: good. good. It's oh, so man. pure.
1: Rolling with the homies, like how can you ever not do? Man, Brittany Murphy. It's so uh, good. So good, but. I love it. I I still stand by the ones that I've brought up. You're allowed. Um, it's the concept of the podcast. You have you, to disagree you. with me. I just so do I love this movie. Stand. Yeah. <laughs> I just do love this movie. I have Definitely. to say
0: the hill that I was like, this is not, this is nothing is like my favorite movie is Clueless. Like nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> like what a, what a n- Nilla wafer of a statement. <laughs> Clueless I don't is Sean's think- favorite movie. Welcome <laughs> to
1: the world welcome to the world
0: or like even more specifically my favorite adaptation right like that's not good enough it really is that I think it's the best best one I mean there are some ones that are giving it a run for its money and I little women 2019 the challenge passing um drive my car uh we have two new entries into the category Mm -hmm. you know I'm excited about that but I'm
1: very excited about the Daisy Jones and the Six show very excited about that yeah
0: yeah yeah And I also, I am specifically leaving out shows because it's such a different medium. You get so much more time and space to explore. Part of what's hard about, I think, a a book to screen adaptation is how do you take something that might be 500 pages long and take somebody anywhere from like a week to six months to read. Yeah. (laughs) And condense it into an hour and a half to two hours. Hard.
1: I will say- I, one, one last one. I think the crazy rich Asians adaptation movie adaptation is a
0: great. Yeah. That's a great adaptation that honestly, that is a better movie movie than a book. This, this is the other thing is I'm also leaving out books that are, or movies that are adaptations of books where I think the the movie's just better. There's a Um, lot of qualifiers on (laughs) your yes well it's my hill welcome to the party <laughs> I'm the queen of this hill and I'm going to tell you all the True. rules while we're here here listen this that's is, the law this is kind of the trap that that um princess bride fall, falls into too right it's just like I I think that the movie I think that the story just works better as a movie so then mm-hmm. I'm not it's not even that it's a better a good adaptation it's like a completely different that's a different fight I want to have <laughs> interesting okay like when when is the movie better than the book crazy rich Asians is a great
1: example.
0: 100% part of that is personal preference I don't love his um his prose his verse style is tough for me not verse but
1: mm-hmm. his
0: his prose I thought the
1: first was- book was good I think they got progressively worse which bummed me out because mm-hmm. it's such a fun read so, not my was not my. I loved reading. It's also, it.
0: like it's so it's so fun. Oh, I also feel this way about um to all the to all the boys I loved before, mm-hmm. right? But like it it works way better for me as a as a movie. God, we um, were obsessed with that. Me, you,
1: and Jen would text each other about that movie all the time when it first was came so, out. It's a great it's so example good.
0: of the rom com genre.
1: It's so good. Oh man, that's my big hill. That's a great hill. Thank you for. I think yours was much more fun to <laughs> talk about than I think mine is going to be. Is your
0: serious? No, it's
1: it's the uh, actually the exact opposite. It's just very very specific, Clarecore essentially, um, which is that I think the Australian Bachelor is the best dating reality TV show, <laughs> and there are only about five people in the world, you included. <laughs> who can really actually kind of have an opinion about this because you've watched the Australian bachelor. I do.
0: I do have an an opinion about it. And it's interesting because part of it is just like the, this particular style of dating show will never win for me. Um, (laughs) and it is because I have ADHD, um, (laughs) not enough plot lines, not enough stimulation, like too, too much long drawn out arcs and i'm like conversation oh my god yeah i'm a big love island uk fan i i I think season five setup molly may the best and tommy fury good for them they're still together hey that is wild to me but good for them and that little elephant plushie that she's got she loves it
1: i do think that season of love Island UK, maybe like a top reality
0: TV show season Season. period, like just in a vacuum. I think that exists. I think like, and that's how I feel about the Maddie J season of the bachelor Australia bachelor.
1: uh, So, okay, great. But I stand by my, for me, I think it is the best dating reality show. Why? Okay. So a few things, first of all, I want to say uh, if you know me, you probably know this information about me that I really love the Australian bachelor. I don't, I got into it a few years ago. I found this very strange website. That's probably pretty spammy, but I've never gotten a virus, but it, it's, it's, you're like watching episodes off, off somebody's Google drive. I hope the like feds
0: don't come after me for this. for This is, for me talking yeah, this about is pirating. <laughs> Let's see. We got to, I didn't
1: download anything. I just, <laughs> Anyways, I find I a way think to watch it's the
0: it. other person who's wrong for making yes. it accessible. I think that's how it works.
1: Well, however I do it, I watch it. Um, and I found it and I, the thing I will say about the Australian bachelor, why it's superior first to like the American version is that a, everybody has real jobs. These are not influencers because reality TV in Australia, it like this show is not that big of a deal in Australia comparatively.
0: I have no comment. <laughs> Do you have, what is your non comment no i truly have no comment i don't know why <laughs> i said that it's just i just thought it would be funny
1: it is funny um did you watch byron bays on netflix at all no that's an incredible australian reality show i watched a lot of byron bays i highly recommend that one um But they all have jobs. They all genuinely are like kind of just cool people who are like, what a fun, different way to meet somebody. Like what an idea, as opposed to going to like be famous on the internet, even though you kind of have to, if you are going on TV. But anyways, they actually fall in love. The success rate is really high and you see actual love stories on this show. And I think when I am watching dating reality TV, sometimes you watch it for the train wreck. And in that case, I'm thinking flavors of love. I'm thinking, sure. you know, Rock of Love. You know, these are the shows I'm thinking where I'm like, what do I want to watch that is just going to be
0: a mess. shot at love? They all have a, a theme. You listen, name.
1: you know, Tila Tequila is like very, very bad now. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So if you did, if you were listening and didn't know this, uh, Google at your own risk. There's essentially a trigger for anything in the world involved with Tila Tequila in modern times. But anyways... All those shows are what you watch when you want to watch mess. Love is blind. I think, you know, there's that's kind of a messy. That's like an in-between, but they have some good luck on that show. But
0: I dug the first season for. I did too. uh, Yeah, it was very complex to me.
1: I thought it was lovely. I think the second season was not as good. I also was mad that I didn't know anybody who was on it. Because it was, it was in Chicago, yeah. I was like, I have to know somebody who knows somebody on this show. But no, I've just been mm-hmm. to Canella Breakfast Club for brunch, which is where, like, and one which of the one people do they go to.
0: Uh,
1: I don't remember which one they go to on the show, but it's because one of the people on season two is dating the owner of Canella. Was big right. Chicago, Chicago
0: gossip, Chicago.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, Australian Bachelor. So. If you are at all interested, I have nothing else to say other than I think it's (laughs) so fucking good. I think it's so good and I want everybody to watch it and I've gotten a lot of people.
0: All right. What about, um, what about, I have some, I have some some Challengers for you, but no, you were going to say you have a lot of people.
1: Well, I've gotten a lot of people who've gotten into it, who understand my feeling about it once they've watched it. So Mm -hmm. that is what I will say is that my, I, I give a lot of recommendations for thing things and I am rarely wrong in my recommendations for people. It's something I pride myself on. It's true.
0: And know your uh, audience and know what to recommend to them. That's the key exact to being good at recommending. A mundo,
1: And so, um, this is very, very good. Mm-hmm. So give me your challengers and then I will fight okay. you on Georgia Love and Maddie J all day.
0: And they're not really my challengers because as we've established, a challenger. I watch not a lot of romantic reality TV shows. Um, yep. and we've already covered my only real one, which is Love Island you Love Island um, mm-hmm. which I just love yeah um proper fit
1: proper, proper fit. fit um have a chat a banter a banter uh, I get d- your this boots is my on. Uh, What I will say about that show is that I do feel like it's very repetitive. You're seeing like the same. Well, yeah, but that's that's what I like.
0: That's what I like. I know.
1: But for me, I'm like, okay, I want to watch the best version of that. But like, at least on that other show, I don't feel as repetitive.
0: Here's, here's what it is. I'm so glad you said this. Um, There's something about that that makes it feel realer to me. Because Mm -hmm. what is impossible for me to understand while watching The Bachelor of any nation (laughs) is like, I know logically they're spending time with each other that we're not seeing and that like they, but, but they don't really, really. like there's been, there's been a lot of internet posts about collectively these people are spending four and a half hours together total. You know what I mean? Which is how can you spend four and a half hours? I, 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 everybody gets to feel the way they feel and make their decisions on their own timeline. That is something that, that makes me, um, as a person who, who is prone to snap judgments and who has developed (laughs) powerful infatuations very quickly, uh, makes me sweaty in in the core (laughs) of my being, um, as opposed to like, the slow and somewhat repetitive and in some way, like boring nature of the love island relationships.
1: So this is what I like about the Australian bachelor though, yeah. is that the, you're right about the America version where they're supposed to end up engaged at the end. Yeah. Of it, if they're not engaged. It's considered it's a failure. A failure. Yeah. Um, Australia has never ended in an engagement. Okay. It's them getting to know each other and saying, let's see what happens. And that's why they have a higher success rate of people who are literally married with children from this show, multiple, multiple couples, because what it is, is people with similar values, people who are looking for the same thing, people who aren't afraid of like camera or whatever. It's, it's essentially very good matchmaking. Yeah. And so the stats are higher as opposed to this pressure cooker of, do I want to end up married to this person or become and be a social media influencer and maybe get on bachelor in paradise and get more sponsorships. Like Australia, at least, you know, a few years back was definitely more like that.
0: I'm also curious if there's like the same stigma in Australia as there is in America about not being engaged like, like in the American one, there's definitely a layer of like it's time. I'm old enough yeah. now to be settled. I'm too old to be single. Like there's kind and of that. all these
1: 24 year olds who are like, I'm just going to be alone forever, which is relatable. Yeah. You know, I remember it, feeling that way, but it is tough it to feel like
0: Yeah. And it feels like a lot of people who I'm like, you should just unpack your own internalized misogyny and patriarchy for your own sake. Be, so that you don't feel this stressed about yeah. The fact that you're not going to get engaged to this specific person, yes. um, which does not actually rule out the, the possibility that somebody else will like you and, and want to be in a relationship with you. Yeah. Um, so because I, I do not... think that's a really damaging thing that our culture like puts on. I agree. Puts on us. Um, so and I'm the, curious so about I... that, that from Australia.
1: And I can only speak to the Australian influencers who I now follow because of these shows is that I think the stigma is lower. Like, I don't think there's the same rush. That said, if anybody knows anybody Australian, has lived in Australia, has a better idea than me, all I can say is that there's no, it doesn't appear there to to be a big rush. Like I'll look in the comments of a couple and it's not full of like wedding rings and stuff. It's like, oh my God, love you guys. So cute. As opposed to, I feel like,
0: The American married. Yeah. Well, yeah. And not even just Bachelor, but there's definitely in America, like this idea that unless your relationship ends in engagement, marriage, and children, it's not been that successful. (laughs) It's just, which is just not the case. Not a true thing. It's
1: just not reality. It's just not reality. But yeah. So that is my, I just think it's good. Mm. I think it's the best one. And I think that if you are at all curious about Australian Bachelor, Siobhan, did you watch Georgia and Maddie J or just Maddie J? I only
0: watched Maddie J.
1: Okay. So there are two seasons I would recommend. I recommend like essentially all of them, but the two, if you want to see a love story, you start with Georgia Love, who is a newscaster in Australia who went on the show and it's all the men on her show are the, I adore those men. They're like the funnest cast on a reality TV show. And then um, she ends up with somebody at the end. Spoiler alert, they, are, they just had a beautiful wedding in Australia. They're still married. They like have a cat named Padre Hepburn and like, that's their life. That's cute. And then her runner up loved on her season. He gets his own season, which is Matt,
0: who is Maddie J. Who is the one that you watch Siobhan. Yeah. And it is again, a, a true love story that I called. From like the third episode, which (laughs) I just had to watch that way. Very fun to watch that way. Yeah. I was texting Claire obsessively and I truly, I picked my front runner and then didn't doubt it for a second until the, the, um, second to last episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until hometowns. And I was like, Holy, no, it wasn't hometowns. It was the meeting with the parents.
1: Oh yeah. It did not go well. Cause it did not
0: go well. And I was... One of the best moments so stressed out this season
1: is when they asked her what her hobbies were and she couldn't answer the question. Cause
0: she She's was just so like nervous. so nervous about meeting his parents. It's so relatable. And then her, his brother like pulls her aside and is like, I just think you're kind of like basically says to her face, I think you're boring. And she has to be like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm a whole person who you've only met for 15 minutes. So maybe fucking cut me some slack and trust that I do have hobbies. And the thing I just can't do is perform like a,
1: like yes. a wind up
0: doll and just spit out all my interest so good. It was so good. You know? it was so so good. good. I I was so anxious. I was but like yeah, it did not go well.
1: So that's when you started thinking it might be the other ones. But they that finale like that when they get together, I weep. It's so, and also
0: again, spoiler alert, they have not gotten married, but they have because it's been delayed, but they do have two beautiful, adorable
1: children. They're still together. They're like very cute. She runs a jewelry business and has a radio show. I just, am like, I love them. I was looking at her Instagram stories today. Me too. I mean, I love her. So those are my recommendations. If you're in the mood for a reality dating TV show that is, um, truly about like getting to know the people on the show who are there for just like a fun, different way to meet somebody highly recommend, especially those two seasons of the Australian bachelor bachelorette. And that is my hill of the week.
0: Ooh, we love it. All right. Here we go a tight hour. We've never That's done our, that.
1: Good for us. That's our culture update for the week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. We had a great response to our Oscars episode. Yes. It was really fun to talk about with you guys and, um, really fun response to Juno and anytime you share or subscribe or do anything like that, it truly it makes my day. Cause I can see the death.
0: It's the only way we want to be perceived on the internet. So truly, thank you.
1: vaguely anonymously. All right. Well, we love you.
0: (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) Except for by see, we mean you'll hear us. Okay. Bye. Bye.